Let's show your Bibles tonight. Please turn to Psalm 139. Teens, you are dismissed. You can go to the Olive Room tonight. Psalm 139. Psalm 139. And um, back in December, I thought, well, we know with everything that's going on, it's going to be a few weeks before we can get back to Master Club. So I laid out a four-week lesson series on how great is our God and uh, if you were listening tonight, we, I planned all the songs and everything right from the start. We sang, How Can I Fear? Jesus is near. He's ever watching over me. And of course, we're going to talk about God being everywhere tonight. We sang, He walks with me and He talks with me and He tells me I'm His own. And then Judy just sang, He's always there. And so uh, everything just kind of themes together. But uh, you know how they say about well-laid plans, and sometimes they go astray. And I was thinking today, this is our sixth Wednesday night this year, and it's only the second time I've been here. And three of those nights, we had church illness all through the church, and then uh, one night I was quarantined, and so I missed. And so I've only actually uh, been here. This is my second time out of six Wednesday nights. And um, it's only your third, so don't get too pious on me, okay? And, uh, but tonight we're going to look at the second lesson, and uh, next week will be the third, Lord willing, and then the week after that, we will be back in Master Clubs by then, but I will still teach the last lesson just to finish it out, okay? So we may not get all the music that night. I think Cindy is singing that night, and she may be in Master Clubs, but we'll try to work some of that out. And, uh, but we'll try to finish this series anyway. How great is our God? Now let me say, having said that, um, I've been praying about this, and we're going to change a little bit how we've been handling things. We are no longer going to cancel any service for illness, all right? What we are going to do is we're going to inform people, all right? It feels like we're on the downslope of this thing, amen? We're starting to get move, and so we will put out an email and just say, you know, there is a percentage of the church that's not well, and maybe they're isolated, and they might have, some of them might have been here Sunday or whatever. We'll let you know that kind of stuff. Uh, as, to the best of our ability is whatever we know. We won't release names, but we'll say they were in church, they were in this class, whatever, and then uh, you can decide whether you want to come or not that night. And, um, you know, we sanitize just in case there are sick people here. We don't sanitize for the healthy. We're cleaning for in case there's a sick person. And uh, folks have been faithful doing that. And I appreciate them so much. Uh, you know, when we started that thing, we, was, we had a list of people. And we said, we'll rotate services. We had a lot of people excited just to get back into church. And they were helping out with that. Uh, but now I come in and the same faithful people every week are sanitizing the pews and cleaning. And I just want to thank you for that. I appreciate that so much. Uh, it just it just blesses my heart because nobody nobody hounds them. Nobody has to say, "Don't forget to go sanitize." They just do it. The nursery, the classrooms, everywhere, and then our ladies during the week do such a great job cleaning everything else. And so, thank you so so much, just keeping us moving in the right direction. So we're not going to cancel uh, anymore. We're just going to inform. Now that's if things keep going in our direction. Uh, I know things change so quickly anymore, but uh, right now that is our plan. And if that changes, we'll let you know. So, I mean, if something happens six weeks from now, please don't say, well, he said it'll never happen again. I'm not saying it'll never happen again. I'm just saying that's our heart's intent right now, that we want to move forward and keep going. We will let you know if, if there's an issue. And if you choose, say, well, I, I just need to kind of stay away tonight. That would be okay. Nobody will judge you for that. And uh, we'll just appreciate your faithfulness and and so let's look tonight, Psalm 139, Psalm 139. And so in the next couple of days, I'm going to send out an email 
And I hope you get those. If you don't get our church emails, please, please, please let us know. Call the church office. Let Cindy know. She's off tomorrow, but she'll be here Friday. And then uh, let her know, and we'll get your name on that list. Or you can email me personally. Go to the church website. Click on my picture, and you can email me, whatever. And uh, just say, I want to be added to that if you're not getting those. And uh, we will put you on that list. And I'll send out an email in the next couple days, and it'll kind of have a list of all the things that are starting to open up for us, okay? And you'll want to get on to that so that you know when Sunday school starts and all the rest. And some of it was in the bulletin, but not everything. We just kind of threw a few things out that we're confident about right now. Psalm 139. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Just that's enough to make you think, isn't it? Just, just that, that right there, thou knowest my down-sitting. You know when I sit down, you know when I get up. Thou understandest my thought afar off. He knows what you're going to think before you ever think it. Thou compassed my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Now those first several verses, you could go either way with those. You could say, well, that is the omnipresence of God, or God is everywhere. Or you might say it's the omniscience of God. God knows everything. In other words, God doesn't need to be there to know your uprising and your downsitting. He doesn't need to be there to know your thoughts. So that could just be his omniscience. That could be just that he knows everything. But notice what it says as we get a little bit further. Verse 7, whither shall I go from thy spirit? Where, where can I hide from you, God? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea... Even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. By the way, God hates abortion. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest part of the earth. Thine eyes did set my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them." How precious also are the thoughts, thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, there are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Let's pray. 
Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for just how big and awesome you really are. And Father, sometimes we forget that you are everywhere. Lord, we know that the pantheist believes that your God is everything, the tree, the grass, everything. And we, we don't believe that, but we believe you are everywhere. We don't worship those inanimate objects, but Lord, we can worship you in spirit and in truth. And you've promised to never leave us nor forsake us. So Father, help us in this Bible study tonight. We pray that you just strengthen our convictions about the presence of God being everywhere and remind us, Lord, that you see everything, you hear everything, you know our thoughts before we think them. And Lord, help it to guide our behavior and to help us to live in a Christ-honoring way. And Father, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was a child, we would sing a Christmas song. You probably heard it. Santa Claus is coming to town. How many of you heard that song? Yeah? He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. That is giving him the attributes of God. You say, well, you're just a stick in the mud trying to take fun away from kids. I'm really not. I just don't want to steal the glory of my God. I remember years ago, we had a Christmas Eve service, and Bethany was about four years old, and she would go around and greet everybody. She'd just go around, and she didn't care. She wasn't shy in any way, and if you know her, that's still today. And she'd go around, and she'd talk to people. And we had some visitors in the church that had come with family in that night, and they said, well, what's Santa Claus going to bring for you, little girl? And she says, Santa Claus isn't real. And they just, I mean, they were shocked and dumbfounded that this four-year-old didn't believe in Santa Claus. But to give him the attributes of God is a, I suppose, if you want to have some make-believe fun and fool around, that one thing. But to give him the attributes of God, we ought to be very careful that we're not stealing the glory of God. The Bible says here in this passage that he sees me when I'm sleeping and he knows when I'm awake. He is everywhere. We're going to talk about that tonight, and I want to give you five things that prove to us from the Word of God the omnipresence of God. Notice, first of all, we have the Psalms. Psalm chapter 139 is perhaps the greatest chapter of Scripture that helps us understand that God is everywhere at once. And I want you to notice some certain things. If we can look at the chapter as a whole, we see verses 1 through 4. Letter A in your notes, or number 1 is we have the Psalms. And letter A, look at chapter, verses 1 through 4, his interested presence in our lives. His interested presence in our lives. He is interested in you. And isn't that something? There are those that will teach that God has set the world in motion, but he is not a personal God. He lives a far off and he just allows the earth to continue as it will. And at some point he will reinterject himself when he comes again. But that's not, that couldn't be anything further from the truth. Notice what the Bible says in these first few verses, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. That's a personal God. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassed my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word of my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. He is with us. 
Notice some of the notes I put underneath. Number one, he searches us. Romans chapter 8 says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the Spirit of God searches us, or God knows our heart. Number two, he knows our behavior. Notice what it says in verse two. He says, he understands my thought. Thou knowest my downsitting, my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Number three, he knows our thoughts. And so think about that. God knows everything you do, every minute of the day. Not just that, he knows what's going on in your mind and in your heart, your thought life. We're reminded of Proverbs where the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinketh, so is he. Be careful of your heart and your mind and your thoughts. And fourthly, we see he knows the words of your tongue. Verse 4, for there's not a word of my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Uh, Today we were driving to church and and uh bella was in the back and she muttered something i i, I didn't hear her. i thought she was talking to me so what was that bella and she says oh nothing and i said oh i said i was reading the scriptures today and i said getting ready for tonight and, and guess what i learned and she says what's that and i said the lord just heard what you said and she went oh <laughs> i said here's something else he already knew what you were gonna say before you said it because he knows your thoughts And it's so true. And she just kind of giggled about it. I don't think she said anything bad or anything. She was just muttering. But think of those things that come out of your mouth that you hope nobody hears. God hears them. He knows our thoughts because he's everywhere. We notice letter A, he's interested in you, presence in our lives. Number two, he is invested, or letter B, his invested presence in your lives. He does something about it. Isn't it good to know that God didn't just see it happen? He's not like that priest and that Levite that passes by on the other way of the street. He's the one that reaches down and helps. He's invested in our lives. Notice what the Bible says in verse 5. Thou hast beset me behind and before me and laid thine hand uh, laid thine hand upon me. The word beset means to confine or secure. Uh, so, somebody, sometimes when we pray, so I, I heard a fellow say this, Lord, place a hedge about them. That's what the word beset means. He, he's protecting us on every side. He's watching us like in a battle, and there is a battle going on. There's a spiritual battle. And the Bible says he has beset us, and so know that he knows everything that's going on. And think about that, he's he's just moving around with you all day. A shield about you, because he is our strength, he is our shield, he is our buckler, he is our help in a time of trouble. He is God. So there's an invested presence in your life, and God is fighting those battles for you. And letter C, notice his immeasurable presence in our lives. Verse 6 and so here's what the psalmist does. He starts to begin to ask these questions, and he's, then he answers them poetically, and he's just simply trying to do this. He's trying to describe how big is God. And notice what he says in verse 6. He says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? 
Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Now he's going to answer, if I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand uh, shall behold me, or shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee, for thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. The the psalmist begins to ask these questions, and he just says, everywhere I go, you are there. Even when I was in the womb, you possess my reins. His presence is immeasurable. But notice the fourth thing, letter D, his intimate presence in our lives. Look at verse 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand when I awake. I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt stay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. Notice how intimately involved God is in our lives. He says his thoughts are precious towards me. What a wonderful God. Turn if you will to Psalm 113. Back just a few pages. Psalm 113. Get your Bibles ready. We're going to turn quite a bit tonight as we work our way through this lesson about the omnipresence of God. Psalm 113. Look at verse 4. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high? Now listen, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in earth. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. He says the Lord is high above all the nations. His glory is above the heavens. And yet he humbles himself to help us. God who loves us and he's intimately involved in our lives. Throughout the Psalms we read of a personal God who keeps careful watch over his children. So we have the Psalms. But when we're talking about the omnipresence of God we need more proof. So notice this, we also have the prophets. Let me give you three of them. Turn, if you will, first of all, to Job chapter 34. Job chapter 34 is right before the book of Psalms. Job chapter 34. We have the prophets. All right. Look at verse 18. Is it fit to say to a king, Thou art wicked, and to a prince, and to princes, ye are ungodly? How much less to him that accepteth not the persons of princes, nor regardeth the rich more than the poor, for they all are the work of his hands. In a moment shall they die, and the people shall be troubled at midnight and pass away, and the mighty shall be taken away without hand. 
For his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he seeth all his goings. There is no darkness nor shadow of death where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. He sees everything. We have the prophets. Notice, first of all, letter A, his attention in our lives. There's nowhere you can go to escape the hand of God. There's nowhere we can hide. He has careful attention in our lives. I want you to turn to Isaiah. We're looking at three prophets quickly tonight. and We have a lot to get through. We have the prophets. Isaiah chapter 57. Look there with me tonight. Letter B is where you're looking, and we're going to look at his aid in our lives. Not only does he know what's going on, he wants to help. And so we see his attention in our lives, but we also have his aid in our lives. Isaiah chapter 57, and look at verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one. I love when a verse talks about our high and lofty God, and then it comes down and says, but he loves you. And he wants to be a part of your life. Verse 15, for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. God is high and holy, and yet he wants to work in your life. He wants to revive the heart of the humble and the spirit of the contrite ones. And we see, thirdly, let us see his abiding presence in our lives. Jeremiah chapter 23, turn there. Jeremiah chapter 23, his abiding presence in our life. Are you getting the notes? Roman numeral two is we have, we, are, we have the prophets, letter A, his attention in our lives, letter B, his aid in our lives, letter C, his abiding presence in our lives. Psalm chapter 20, or Jeremiah 23, verse 23. Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I not, shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill the heaven and earth? saith the Lord. I have heard that the prophets said that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. Notice verse 23 and 24 specifically. Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places? He's asking the question rhetorically, am I a God at hand or am I a God afar off? And he says in the very next verse, verse 24, can any man hide? Is there any secret place? So God gives us great attention in our lives. We see his aid in our lives, but we see his abiding presence in our life. Notice what he says, do not I fill heaven and earth. Think about that. You say, well, if I were to wave my arms around, what am I? that's air, that's oxygen. No, God fills it all. He said, well, I don't feel him. I don't see him. I don't know him. God is a spirit. God is here tonight. God dwells within us. God is everywhere. He fills the heaven and the earth. You cannot hide from God. Everywhere we go, every situation we face, God is there. So we have the prophets. Number three, we have a proclamation. Jesus Christ himself spoke of his father and about himself with the ability to be everywhere. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. We'll look at some New Testament stuff now. Matthew chapter 6, the Lord Jesus Christ. Where are we in the Bible in Matthew chapter 6? What is it called? Does anybody know? 
I heard somebody say it. Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6, 6. The Lord Jesus Christ is talking about prayer. In verse 5, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. Verse 6, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. He sees you in secret. So we have a proclamation from the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have a red-letter edition of your Bible, that's written in red. We have a proclamation from Jesus Christ that my Father seeth you in secret. So we have a proclamation, letter A, he meets us when we are in private and praying in his name. He hears us, he knows us, and the Bible says he sees us. Look at letter B. I I printed these right out because they're so long. Letter B, he meets us when we are public and gathered in his name. Turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, we love to call this the church discipline passage. The church discipline passage. I disagree with that. I think this is how two brothers solve an issue between themselves. It says, if thy brother trespass against thee. But notice, he meets us when we are public and gathered in his name. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Let me ask you, have we gathered tonight in his name? I think some of us have. I think maybe some of us haven't. I think sometimes we come to church and we're just going through the motions. I've done it myself lots of times where you just kind of show up. It's expected. And, and uh, you know, you're kind of, when you're the preacher, you're obligated to go to church, right? And uh, it'd kind of be strange. I have often thought sometime I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to print up a sign with all the funny excuses I've heard over the years. I'm going to put it in front of the pulpit and say, that's why I'm not here on Sunday. I remember being out on a visitation with Pastor Massacre one time. And um, we had a round to it Sunday. You know what a round to it Sunday is? We gave out these little coins and they said round to it. And, and the idea was people sometimes say, well, I'll get around to it someday. And so we had a round to it Sunday. This is the Sunday you're going to get around to it. And we gave them a round to it and said, we want you to come. And it was like a September kickoff, you know, for the fall. And we said, we want you to come on September 9th or whatever it was. It's round to it Sunday. And here's your ticket to come. Give them the coin or whatever. And so that was his idea. And we went and visited these folks. And it was, it was the middle of August. It was still a few weeks off. And, and we said, we want to get everybody out and get all the kids back to church and in Sunday school. And we want you to come. And the lady said this. She says, oh, you know what? She says, I'm going to be sick that day. We thought, you're planning your illnesses two weeks out? I mean, that's... I wish I had that kind of insight. And I thought, man, we, we come up with such silly excuses, but here's the thing. Sometimes we go to church and we've got that same kind of spirit, don't we? I just don't want to be here. I don't really feel like being here. I just don't want to get a phone call from my teacher tomorrow. I don't want to admit, just kind of be in my place. But when we gather in his name, then we know his presence. And here's the thing. Even though God is everywhere, he chooses to reveal himself through certain methods, through prayer, through worship, through gathering together in his name. And we know him more by practicing the scriptural methods of drawing close to him. The Bible says if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us, the book of James. 
And so we see that his, he meets us when we are public and gathered in his name, but he also meets us when we are in private and praying in his name. And then I want you to notice Roman numeral four, we have a promise. We have a proclamation, but we also have a promise. Turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Just a few more scriptures to look up. Look at John chapter 14. Isn't it quite amazing when we do a study like this? And by the way, I, I was reading scripture and looking up scripture about God is everywhere or just kind of different aspects of how God hears, he sees, he knows, he, he, he sees us in secret places and things. There were hundreds and hundreds of verses. All throughout the Bible, God just proclaims, I am everywhere. And we need to be reminded of that. And I've just chosen a few tonight to help us solidify our beliefs, so to speak. John chapter 14, look at verse 17. The Bible says, the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, listen, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So we have a promise, don't we? He promises to indwell us. He promises to dwell, indwell us. 1 Corinthians 6.19 is a famous verse of scripture. What know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? And ye are not your own, ye are bought with a price. This, this is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Somebody said that you've turned it into a megachurch. That's the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we ought, to take, we ought to respect the Lord's presence in our lives. And we ought to live like he is with us all the time. So he in, we have a promise that he indwells us. But we also, so he, he gave us a promise to indwell, but he also gave us a promise to endure. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Who knows that verse? Never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Think about that. God says, be content and we might reply, well, what do I have that makes me content? And God says, you have me. That's all you need. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm there all the time. So he had to give us a promise to indwell and a promise to endure. And then finally, letter number five. Number five, we have some principles. We have some principles. What are some things we can draw from that? Letter A, his presence is guaranteed. His presence is guaranteed. I'm just going to repeat the last verse that I gave you. Hebrews 13, 5, I will never, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's why David could say, if I make my bed in hell, you are there. Because David's saying, if I go to hell, God, you've got to go because you've promised you'll never leave me nor forsake me. David was so secure in the promises of God that he knew that even in hell, he would not be forsaken. And so we know that we have this promise, his presence is guaranteed in his life. Psalm chapter 23, we, we uh, went to the hospital and Mrs. Snively recited this just days before she died for us. It's the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because of his presence, we have everything we need. That's it. I shall not want. There should be, should be nothing else in our lives that we are striving after. Now, listen, I understand we go to work. 
because we need to pay the rent or we need to pay our mortgage or we got to pay for groceries and there's there's certain needs in our lives and God has promised to give us our daily bread and and so if we work hard he'll supply for all those things he takes care of us he's provided that job for you but there's a whole lot of things out there that God has blessed me with that I'm going to be honest I don't need them I'm thankful he gave them to me but we ought not be seeking after them all the time because the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want and I don't need, I need to be content with what I have because he'll never leave me nor forsake ye. So his presence is guaranteed. Here's another principle we draw. He is a personal God. I love those passages that tell us how high and holy and big God is that we read tonight. And yet he possessed my reins in the womb. He knows my thoughts and my uprising and my lying down. He's a personal God. How can I fear Jesus is near. He ever watches over me. Worries all cease. He gives me peace. How can I fear with Jesus? The other song says, and he walks with me and he talks with me. How many of you love that old hymn? And he tells me I am his own. That was on that Jim Reeves cassette that I used to, my dad used to play in the car. And I tried to sing just like Jim Reeves. And that was one of those songs. I come to the garden. What a great song. He walks with me and he talks with me. I, I, thought the, I thought it was Andy. Andy walks with me, but it's and he walks with me. I didn't know who Andy was for a long time when I was a little kid. But I'm glad to know it's a big God that walks with me and talks with me and tells me I'm his own. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Reinforcing our th- thoughts and minds and hearts how big you are how you care about us and how you can take care of all of our little needs because of your omnipresence. You're always there and you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Father, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.